Ooh. Welcome back to the Heat Check Podcast Live. I am your host, Chris Patrick. With me, as always, Michael Benjamin and VSP Tallman. It is Tuesday, August 23rd, and I am stoked to be here. What's going on, boys? What up, what up? Yo. Really excited to be here today, man. Hell yeah, and that is because we are doing a very unique episode for uh, the Heat Check podcast here where we're going to be bringing on a guest, uh, which Mike will introduce here shortly, and do some uh, chatting about fantasy football. So, Mike, you want to take that away? Yes, sir. So this gentleman is hailing from Oklahoma City. He's a man who has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to fantasy football. And like most people that I know, this guy has spent a lot of time working with the community and making an impact with the Valley of the Sun YMCA. Uh, You can check him and his crew talk everything fantasy daily on YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram with Dynasty Rewind. So please help me welcome Chevin Nooney of Dynasty Rewind. What's up, Chev? Boys, thank you for having me on. That intro music got me all fired up. I can't wait to chop it up with you guys. I love you guys' podcast. Y'all talk about the city, man. I love listening to the knowledge that you have. I've I've been here for a few years now in Arizona, but listen to you guys talk, man. You guys' knowledge of the city sports is insane. So look forward to chopping it up with you guys. Awesome. And we're happy to have you, man. I really appreciate that. We're trying. We're trying. We're growing. Um, And, man, just so much to talk about with fantasy football right around the corner and you guys at dynasty rewind that's kind of like what your area of expertise is right you guys are all about can you just tell everyone what dynasty rewind is all about in case they don't know yeah so the dynasty rewind is a podcast youtube wherever you want to listen to it podcast wise you can find us it's just a fantasy football podcast we mainly talk about dynasty which is where you keep the whole team rather than do a redraft every year where you draft your whole team We do a lot of rookie studying, a lot of rookie breakdowns, a lot of fun just looking into the next year to see how you can draft rookies to better your team next season. Uh, Started off real small, man, something that we never thought would grow to we just hit 3K subscribers. So it's, it's just a blast to chop it up and talk football every single week, something that we just love to do for fun. Now is something that we're able to share with other people and actually Make a little dough, not too much, but something that gives us uh, a fun thing to do so our wives aren't talking to us 24-7, if you know what I'm saying, boys. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. So area to escape, right? Hey, you got to get you got to find a little group to get out of it. For me, that's a little bit of disc golf, a little exercise, but a lot of it is fantasy football. I love it. Once you start Dynasty, man, it's so addicting to try to build your team to be the best that it can be. Not sure if you guys are in any of those leagues, but I, I started. I want to be the best. I'm addicted now, and it's just a blast every single week to try to see if you can outscore your opponent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm glad you brought that up because our league is not quite a Dynasty. We do a one-keeper Dynasty. It used to be two. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about Mike and Tom in there, but I did. I tried to do a Dynasty league one time where – like you're saying, you keep your whole team. You're just drafting the I rookies. I did it with you that one year. You did. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and it's just, <laughs> it is it is a time investment. So yeah. props to you guys. I was watching mm-hmm. uh, watching a couple of videos of you guys over there at Dynasty Rewind, getting real nitty gritty, second string quarterbacks, <laughs> talking about stuff nobody else would even consider. So oh yeah, I love it. But no, talking about our league, we we try and make it a little bit unique while being a one keeper dynasty. It's a half PPR, and um. 
we also the one other scoring little weird thing is that for a 40 yard play for a running back and wide receiver you can get a one point bonus for for that like one time play so you got the dynasty league you got leagues like that where it's kind of goofy what what's your kind of like favorite type of league to play in yeah so i love everything ppr if you're playing standard where you don't get points for catches i that's a little outdated now it seems like it seems like everybody's going ppr i love that it also helps just not having ties i mean it's hard to get ties when you have ppr and you're doing point for every receiving yard and whatnot so i love those super flex where you have two quarterbacks i actually just started a league uh took over an orphan which is a team that somebody gave up and it's called c to c and my team is not very good but in c to c you have a college team and you have a nfl team and those college players are basically like a JV team. At some point, they're going to leave the college realm and join your, your main roster in NFL. It is a lot of freaking work. So if you don't have a lot of time and you don't like college football, it's probably not for you. I'm just stepping my toes into it, but I think it's going to be really awesome, especially having time on Saturdays and Sundays now. Uh, it's going to be great. But yeah, that's that's probably my favorite leagues at the moment. Just Superflex, Dynasty, PPR. Um it's just a good it's just a good mix between having two good QBs or you know you can just go certain ways drafting you can do whatever you really want as long as you have a quarterback that's good and you can also play a running back or a wide receiver in the super flex spot so there's so many ways you could build a team in that league that's super that's super interesting I, I've never even heard of that. The JV team with the college. That's really cool. Yeah, the C what do you call it? C to C to C league or C and C yeah, league? C to C. So it's it's campus to Canton. It's oh, kind okay, of the, okay. what the acronyms mean. So really fun, uh, really time consuming. Trying to find information on these guys. I mean, I'm drafting freshmen coming out of high school. So <laughs> I'm gonna have to go to a couple of football games in Arizona. It sounds like to do a little bit of scouting, but looking it's at just five a, star recruits and uh high yeah, school football even. I know I missed out. I could have had Spencer Rattler a few seasons ago, but he's kind of hit the wayside now. But yeah, it's yeah. a lot of fun, man. It's 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 a cool league, something different, something to to kind of just help me in Dynasty as well as we look at rookies. I kind of already know the guys a little bit, so make it a little bit easier, I guess. Yeah, so that means everybody keep an eye out on Friday nights out at like <laughs> Hamilton and Chandler, or you know, you might see Chev out there. Hey, give uh, me a field pass, man. I need him. So, so Chev, we talked about keepers. Um, mm-hmm. We have our draft coming up on Saturday, so uh, we've kind of set a deadline for when everybody's keeper needs to come in. Um, I had the easy choice this year with Jonathan Taylor. Um, I think we got everybody. Cody finally just decided on somebody cody do you want to say it are you sure uh-oh yeah it's it's gonna be eckler awesome not, eckler. Not, not bad eckler. right but <laughs> i guess chev if you had one keeper from last year who are you going with yeah i mean i love justin jefferson he's probably my favorite player that i've ever scouted he's somebody that i know who is going to produce almost every single week um he's got adam Thielen next to him good wide receiver but uh justin jefferson is the guy that's going to be leading that offense in receptions and it said that that offense is going to be throwing the football a little bit more and i mean this guy has already produced top wide receiver numbers and now these teams throwing a little bit more uh that only makes me a little bit more excited about him also javante williams i know 
keepers can go a little bit different sometimes in different leagues. You can just keep four players or you have to pick that player uh, at the round that you chose them at. Uh, so Javante Williams is a guy, if that's the league you're in, he's somebody that I think is going to get a lot of volume this year. He's upgraded at his QB position. That's really nice to have Russell Wilson, somebody that's going to be accurate, dumping the ball off to him. So Javante Williams is the guy I'll keep an eye on. I know Melvin Gordon's back, but Javante is definitely going to be the guy in that offense that I want to acquire. Damn. Like Javante. All right. Mm -hmm. So let's let's forget about the dynasty, forget about the keepers. If you were going into a league where it's total redraft, who are you taking number one overall if you had the first pick? Who are you loving this year? Yeah, I mean, you got to go Jonathan Taylor. This guy is just an absolute monster. Uh, he had 1,800 rushing yards this last season. And then I think he had I think he had around 432 receiving yards or whatnot, somewhere near that. There's only two running backs in the NFL last season that had over 1,000 yards and was in the top 13, and that was Najee Harris and Jonathan Taylor. I know they talk about that offense wanting to kind of switch it up and have Naheem Hines as a little speller for him, but, boy, I am not sitting Jonathan Taylor if I have him on my team. There's no way that the Colts are going to just say, all right, Naheem Hines, you're going to go in for this drive. Absolutely not. That is just – I like to say the NFL is like this national freaking liars league, and I think that's a big <laughs> old lie from these coaches right there, talking about Naheem Hines being – a fantasy football darling this year. I'm not buying that at all. I'm sorry, guys. You see that a lot. And I, I know the local guys here on the radio talk about the, the fog of war and the deception. And I, I think you see that across sports where all these teams just throw out bullshit to try and oh, yeah. throw other teams off. And then the fans end up and fantasy football gets caught in the mix. Um, I would, Carroll, man, to, he's a big one. Pete Carroll's yeah. a big liar. <laughs> Bill Belichick, he'll do that. He won't even give you. He don't care about you. He don't care about your fantasy team. He'll say whatever the hell he wants. I promise you that. (laughs) That's why he's always running three, four, five running back rotations out there in New England. It's ridiculous. But um, I wanted to piggyback off what Mike was saying there because they are all locked in. But I I feel like I have a tough choice to make. But maybe it's only tough because I'm a Steelers fan. I get to choose as my keeper between Derrick Henry and Najee Harris. Oh man. That is a tough one. That 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 team must have been pretty good last season before he got injured, man. Derrick Henry mm-hmm. was killing it. Najee was killing it. I feel like you have to go Najee. Uh, I would hate for you to lose that young talent that you can possibly keep the next few years. I know Henry is a beast, but his time is a little bit limited, especially with a foot injury. Those can come up again uh, in previous seasons. So, I think Najee Harris is a guy that catches a lot of footballs out of the backfield as well, and he's going to get the touches. Like I said, he had he was the only two running backs, him and Jonathan Taylor, with a thousand rushing yards. I think it was like three hundred and fifty receiving yards or so. So, yeah, I think I'm going with Najee, but Derrick Henry is a guy that you hate to lose. I mean, he's just a monster on the field. right. And it's like you almost hope that maybe you can get him or someone else with your first pick when the actual draft rolls around. But I'm glad you said that because I was kind of, as you could suspect, I was probably kind (laughs) of leaning that way. But exactly, kind of the reasons you said there, just the possible longevity, Najee's younger and Mm -hmm. potentially going to be someone I can keep for years down the road. Um, I did want to ask you one more question, kind of piggybacking off that as well. Like you mentioned, Derrick Henry coming off that injury. Another guy coming off the injury and considered, I'd say, a top five pick, Christian McCaffrey. Are, are you avoiding him if you have to, or do you bite the bullet and take him just because of the huge upside? 
honestly, like he was another guy that I could have said I'm taking number one at the RB position or number one in redraft. I mean, the guy is so dominant when he's on the field. I think he averaged like 25 points in the five games that he played last season. And I mean, if that guy's on the field all season, it sounds like they're going to try to preserve him a little bit. Uh, so Chris McCaffrey's a guy that I'm definitely I'm going for it. I'm going to take the I'm going to bite the bullet if he gets hurt. If it happens, it happens. But if he's on my roster, he's playing. I'm going to be a very good competing team, especially if you have Najee or if you have Jonathan Taylor, if you somehow can package them together or Eckler as well. I mean, that guy is a beast in the backfield as well. If you can package those two together, it's a wrap. I mean, those stay, those guys stay healthy. You're getting 50-plus receptions for basically all three of those guys that we just talked about, and you're probably touching mm -hmm. 1,200 yards rushing. So, boy, yeah, I want Christian McCaffrey if I can get him. I, we're, I'm in a league called the Scott Fishbowl. It's a big charity league with like 1,400 teams in it, a bunch of divisions. All the money that we put in goes to – uh kids christmas presents for uh, a foundation i think in ohio i believe and I, I took christian mccaffrey my first big i think it was like a 110 uh and it's a super flex league so i'm all in on christian mccaffrey this season if he plays he's gonna be a beast i mean he definitely is high risk high reward but i mm -hmm. still like him with baker mayfield coming into the fold for the panthers oh, yeah. Yeah. especially you know he might be quick on his reads sometimes so if he sees yeah. cmc coming out of the backfield that's a quick dump off exactly 50 50 catches is easy you could pen the paper as long as he stays healthy mccaffrey was one of the best players i got to watch in person i'm a season ticket holder for the cardinals uh, 437, what's up, section 437. But, man, him and Cooper Cup were the two most dominant players I got to watch last season. Uh, just every movement that they did, there was nothing wasted about it. Everything was so precise. And you could just tell those guys have perfected their craft. And, I mean, their stats show how dominant they really are. Yep. So, you know, obviously we're lucky we don't have to go to – uh, freshman in college and try and figure out, <laughs> you know, who might be next <laughs> and whatnot. But uh, we do have an intriguing crop of rookies coming into the NFL this year. And I wanted to ask, who are you keeping your eye on as far as rookies that might be drafted uh, this year? And, and who are you looking to add to your rosters? Yeah. And I'll, I'll give you guys some of the higher names and I'll give you some sleepers as well of some players that maybe aren't as well known. Uh, Drake London is a guy that He's going to have to be the wide receiver one there. I mean, you have Pitts, who's going to be a big target there. But Calvin Ridley betting on football, getting the whole season, that's a little rough. Uh, but he's a he's got to step up. Drake London, I know he has the knee injury at the moment that he's battling. I don't think it's very serious from all the reports that I've read. But he's a guy that you have to watch out for. He's somebody that should command a lot of targets in the offense. Uh, Marcus Mariota is not the greatest quarterback, but I think he can get the job done and make some plays down the field with him. I love Brees Hall. I think he's a beast of an athlete. Scored 20-plus touchdowns his last two years in college. I mean, he's going to find the end zone. I know the Jets' offense is a little bit shaky with the Wilson injury, but uh, he's still going to be pretty dominant. He's going to have a lot of touches in the, in the passing game as well, so that would definitely be a good pickup a little bit later when all the other top running backs go. Garrett Wilson, love his film. Dude can contort his body like crazy, make incredible catches down the field. Definitely somebody that you have to have to see 
where he's getting drafted at. I mean, if he's getting taken super early, you're probably waiting in redraft, but he's somebody that I definitely would be looking for uh, later on in the draft. George Pickens, a guy that has come uh, pretty high in the last few weeks. We've seen his stock grow a lot. Um, Porkman, who's a co-host on the Dynasty Rewind, had him as his wide receiver one. So shout out Porkman for that. He, he he was taking him like third pick overall. And we were like, dang, Porkman, you're a little bit crazy. The guy didn't do much <laughs> the last few years due to injury. But, hey, Porkman, he, he got that one right. It seems like that dude's an absolute freak. And Damian Pierce is a guy, too, that he could have the whole Houston backfield to himself. They have Rex Burkhead there. They have a bunch of old heads there. But Damian Pierce is... He's been running the football really well. A lot of good reports out. Didn't even play last game because I, they're trying to preserve him for the, the start of the season. So that's good news for him. A couple guys that are just loaded deeper. Khalil Shakir with Buffalo. I really love his skill set. The Bears traded that pick away, uh, and the Bills took Khalil Shakir. Kind of upset about that one. But he's, a, <laughs> he's an incredible football player. I believe he was at Boise State. Sam Howe is a guy that you should watch out for. I'm not – 100% sure on Carson Wentz, man. I'm, I feel like that that ship could go down quickly, especially with the commanders trying to trying to build something there. If he's not playing well, I would look Sam Howe could be the next guy up. Jahan Dotson, guy from Penn State, really quick, shifty wide receiver, but he plays bigger than what his size is, man. He's just a he's just an athlete that wants to play, wants to be the big dog on the field, even though he's has a short stature. Oh, got plenty to pick from there. Romeo Dubs. Throw Romeo Dubs in there, too. Everybody's forgetting about him. He's had a big, big preseason. Which team is he on? Green Bay. Green Bay, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I'd be Because I was curious, do they, they still have Aaron Jones out there, right? They got Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, <laughs> Sammy Watkins is going to be out there for two weeks, and then he'll be out of the season. So, <laughs> but yeah, the, I think Romeo Dubs should have a part in that offense. It, and it's, it's said, I just read, Romeo Dubs is going on one-on-one lunch dates with Aaron Rodgers, apparently. So, there you go. Uh-oh, building that repertoire early. Hard-hitting facts yeah. right there. If Rodgers likes you, that's all you need, really. Yeah, and that offense, I mean, he's never wanted to really trust his young wide receivers just because they always pick fifth-round guys. Like, uh, of course I'm not going to like a guy that is not as talented as these first-round guys that we're passing up on. Of course I'm going to want to throw it to Devontae Adams. Like, give me a break. That's why he doesn't like these young guys because they gave him crap. Mm. Mm. I like the list, though. There's uh, some names I had to Google real quick. Um, (laughs) Chris Olave. Yeah, yeah, there you go, Olave. I do like that Brees Hall, though. That mm-hmm. was a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, let's jump real quick. Uh, who's your sleeper pick? I'm, I'm guessing that you're familiar with all the projections, ESPN, mm-hmm. you know, all that, you know, from number one to whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, who are you thinking is going to be a sleeper pick at each position? Your standard position, quarterback, running back, wide out, tight end. And we'll, we'll throw in a defense, too, as a whole. All right, perfect. I didn't write any defenses down, but I'm sure I can come up with one. Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins is a guy that gets drafted late every single season, and all he does is produce top 12 years, top 12 QB years. Like, you have Justin Jefferson, you have Adam Thielen, you have Dalvin Cook catching passes for you. I mean, 
I don't understand why people keep letting this guy drop to QB 21. It looks like his ADP is that. That is just a huge value for me, especially for me. I'm not a big QB guy first. I want to wait to take my QBs, and I can get guys like Kirk Cousins and, and Derek Carr later in rounds. Yeah, I'm going to take those guys and build the value uh, at the other positions. Running back, I really love A.J. Dillon this year. Mm-hmm. That offense is a two-running-back offense now. Basically, the NFL has just taken that two running back offense and ran with it so they don't have to pay running backs. It seems like everywhere uh, is going to that. So A.J. Dillon's a guy that can catch balls out of the backfield, tough on the ground runner, big body, got the thighs to go with it. He's a guy that I think is going to score a lot of touchdowns this upcoming year. Uh, Wide receiver, I I put down a few. I really like Allen Robinson. People are going to hate on him just because he played for the Bears last season. I, I mean, he sort of played for the Bears. They didn't do very much. Uh, so I think he's going to go to an environment with the St. Louis or St. Louis Rams. Good Lord. Los Angeles Rams where he's going to be excited to play football again. He's on a winning team. He doesn't have to, to do as much as he's been asked to do before. And he kind of gets to not see the best coverage every single dang week. So that's a guy that I want to look for. Tyler Boyd, too going as wide receiver 49 dude has produced i believe he's 65 plus catches 900 yards the last three seasons five to six touchdowns and he's going at wide receiver 49 he hasn't gone past wide receiver 31 in the last three seasons so that's a guy that you're not going to have to pay a whole lot for in your drafts but he's a guy that you can plug and play when you need to and he's a guy that's forgotten because he's not he's not jamar chase or he's not T t higgins which are Really good up and coming players, and uh, tight ends. Cole Komet is a guy that I really like, just because out of necessity the Bears have really nobody to throw to. Uh, so him and Mooney are going to be the guys there. Gerald Everett, he's at the Chargers now. Gets a young quarterback in Justin Herbert. A lot of young guys around him. Eckler's there. I think he's going to feast in that offense and kind of be a guy in the middle that Justin Herbert can rely on, especially in the red zone. Defensive-wise, I love the Chargers. Pittsburgh's got a good defense. Uh, You're always looking for sacks, man. If you can find a team that gets a lot of sacks, I don't know if the Cardinals are going to be doing that. Uh, They lost Chandler Jones this last year, so we'll see what that revamped D-line looks like. They still got a lot of good guys on that that roster, but it's going to be a team effort, I think, on defense for the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what JJ Watt can do. And as far as health wise, staying on the field, you know, it'll be a big year for Zach Allen to prove his worth as well. And we'll see what, you know, Marcus Golden still has uh, creeping up over there. So was his nickname, the junkyard dog or something like that? Junkyard dog. I love that. That's my kind of player right there. You know, they're bringing the grit, right? Oh, I'm kind of upset with the, the Twitter handle. They came up with bird city football. I don't know if I'm down with that yet, man. I gotta. I might have to get used mm. to it a little bit. Birds, birds say Red Sea, rise up, Red Sea. I don't know about that one either. We gotta come up with something fresh soon, I think, to get everybody a little more excited. I don't disagree. They need to get like a whole <laughs> PR team in there or something, revamp it. So we get some new unis too. I, they got the helmet. They got the helmet. Oh, so the helmet. hey, that's a start, right? It's headed it's in the right, right direction, direction, I guess. Was well, it like headed. the first new helmet they've had ever? Other than like a few logo changes, it's always been the white with the red, the cardinal on the side. Yeah, probably since the rebranding of the jerseys that we have now, 
which I think we got around 2006, 2007 timeframe, right before we went to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So nice. this is that old. That's that. This is the old school. Ooh, that David fire. Boston right there. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? Nobody. When you wear that out in public, nobody knows who it is. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> nobody knows. But, Not even Ohio State fans. Right. That's sad. Um, but Chevin, so Cody asked you there about your sleepers, and I heard you name off a couple uh, Bears, Allen Robinson and Cole Komet. Um, so as a Bears fan, is there anyone that you're looking to draft from Chicago with like you're in the first few couple rounds or like who's who would be the first Bears player you would consider drafting? Yeah, man. And it's, it's very hard for me to draft a Bears player this year just because I, I just really don't know what to expect. We've, we've done so much cutting of big players which is needed because we had terrible contracts uh but a couple guys that i think you could take a shot on david montgomery he should be a solid rb2 this year i think he still has good production left in him not sure if they re-sign him uh they got another good running back there as well he just got nicked up a little bit i'm not sure what his availability is going to be at the start of the season uh cleo herbert is his name uh so those two we got a, a uh, offensive coordinator from Green Bay. So I imagine those two are going to work hand in hand, just like they've been doing in Green Bay for the last few years. Darnell Mooney, probably the best player you can get on this roster at the moment. He's just going to be a guy that commands targets and it should be a lot more of good accuracy passes, a lot of rollouts by Justin Fields this year that should open up some, some big plays down the field for Mooney. And I just think he's going to be the most consistent for you as well. Somebody that you can rely on and in your wide receiver three or a flex spot. And then Cole Komet is a guy that you can get literally in the last round of your drafts. And nobody's even knowing who Cole Komet is probably at that point. So he's a guy that he should be in for a bigger role this year. We had Jimmy Graham, who is just an old guy that we would throw out there because we're paying him $10, 15000000 million, just hoping to get some value out of him. And now that he's gone, Kokomet should see a good amount of red zone uh, pass attempts his way this year. Yeah, Money Man Mooney. I, yes, might, I might look at him in later rounds, maybe take a, a, a sneak at him. You know what I'm saying? You know, when we were looking at his film – I really didn't know who Mooney was too well. I didn't really know if he was going to be a good asset for the Bears. So I, was, I said on the podcast, well, if all else fails, I'll get a Mooney jersey. And then if they, nothing goes good, I'll just change the M to an N, which is my last name, Nooney, basically. And then I'd have my own customized jersey. So but it's worked out well. I'm glad I haven't had to change his name yet. Perfect. I had well, a quick side note. Sorry, since go for it, we're Tom. talking uh, Bears and – one of their players made some headlines recently. What do you think about Roquan asking for a trade? Roquan needs an agent. That's what he needs. Roquan <laughs> needs to get somebody on his side that can help him negotiate here. I don't really know what side to believe. Um, going off rookie season, Roquan, where negotiating his contract to get him on the field as a rookie took a long time. I'm not really surprised that we're at the point where he wants more money and it's taking a long time as well. He likes the verbiage a certain way in his contract. So it's just really hard to get a contract done for a player that doesn't have an agent. It's somebody that they think, I don't know if he thinks he's more worthy of money or he deserves more money, or I don't really know what the bears are offering, but it's just sound like a whole mess. But now that he's back, hopefully he plays well. I mean, he apparently played really good today in pre and practices and stuffed a couple plays. 
Uh, but we'll see. I mean, there's just a lot of drama. Hopefully we can get away from it in the next few seasons and just be a winning team. If you're winning, it seems like everything goes pretty well at, for the most part. Yeah, he's a great player. Yeah. Definitely want to keep him happy. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Especially, I mean, for us, we have $100 million in, in cap space. The last thing we need is our star players saying they're not offering me good money. I mean, that's not a good place I would want to go play football. I wouldn't want to no, go I mean, there. They're not going to pay me? Shoot. Right. Exactly. Well, like you were saying, they're just winning, playing games in general. I felt like that's what I was saying about the Cardinals with Kyler Murray's whole contract. like, mm -hmm. And then everything happened with Hollywood Brown and DeAndre Hopkins. And it was just like story after story. But then once the preseason kind of kicked off and it's all it, – even the regular season hasn't started, it's all behind mm -hmm. us. So hopefully yeah. for your guys' sake, they get that all sorted out. Yeah. I heard one of his one of his demands was he wants a roof over Soldier Field. <laughs> hey, really? I mean, that's <laughs> – I don't think the Chicago wins would like that. No, but I'm, it's good though. I mean, if, if you want to have a Super Bowl, you better have a dome on your field. I mean, especially I'm not going to play in February in, no. in Chicago and their <laughs> field is usually terrible. Yeah. I mean, you can build a whole new stadium, but boy, you better get some new grounds crew people to figure it out. Cause it's not sounding too good over there. Yeah. I saw that. That was, that was funny. They proposed to do that renovation. That was funny. Mm -hmm. It'd be interesting. Yeah. So, so obviously the Super Bowl is probably not coming to Chicago anytime soon. Unfortunately, <laughs> another place where the Super Bowl probably isn't going to be is Pittsburgh, and we have a resident um, friend, I guess we can call him, even though me and Cody have our allegiances with the Cardinals. But mm -hmm. Chris, you know, has some family ties and is a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. So, you know, obviously with the retirement of Big Ben, um, you know, the quarterback decisions i guess they have to make with either mitch trubisky maybe looking at kenny pickett and you know the the good first year of Najee harris who are you looking to uh get on your roster from the steel curtain yeah Najee harris has to be the guy that we talk about first i'm not going to talk too much because we kind of kind of talked about him a lot in the beginning but he's a guy that he does everything he's a guy that is going to get targets he's a guy that's going to have a lot of rushes um, and the QB play should be an upgrade from last year. They should be able to throw the ball at least past seven yards this season, it seems like. So that should be good for the Steelers' offense in, in general. Uh, I really like their wide receivers, man. I mean, they just all seem to have different skill sets. I think Deontay Johnson is a guy that he, he gets a lot of targets and he, he makes catches. Sometimes he has uh, a few drops, but he makes up for it uh, in big-time plays that he makes. He's just a guy that gets a lot of receptions in. If you listen to the Dynasty Rewind, you know we're kind of transitioning to we don't really want these guys that are these big, deep threat guys that maybe make one or two big plays in the game. We want these guys that we play PPR that get a lot of receptions. And, and Claypool is probably not that guy. I mean, I know he he might be switching switch to the slot, so that, that could be really helpful for his game. But Deontay Johnson has proven he can get 140 targets and get 100 90 catches a game or not a game but in a season so that's really good for for fantasy football and i and i really love uh pickens man I, I think he's he's building something very special for himself uh getting picked late i mean if if he didn't get injured he's probably we're probably talking about him being the wide receiver one in this this last rookie class so luckily we got to get him at a discount in rookie drafts and he's somebody that I think you should definitely be looking for. Fryermuth is a good player too. He should benefit from having all these studs around him, especially in play action. Uh, Mitch is a good play action player. 
uh, and that should should be a good good matchup for him moving forward. Yeah, I ran with Fryermuth uh, probably the last couple of weeks last year, and he mm-hmm. kind of put me over the edge. So yeah, he's a good player, man. He's a guy that makes play in the end zone. Chris Chris probably loves that guy. All he oh, does yeah. is catch touchdown passes, man. He came in like right after Heath Miller, and then we had Jesse James for a little bit that was doing good. And and yeah, he's just filled that exactly what every every Steelers fan love. Uh, they used to chant Heath whenever oh, Heath yeah. Miller caught a pass. Now they go Mooth every time Fryermuth <laughs> catches a pass. I want to go to a game and be able to cheer something like that. I don't know if we have any players like that at the moment, but I, I feel like that's so cool. The history, the I feel like just I don't know. I just feel like that's a cool moment as a as a crowd to do. I feel like it's just pretty sweet. Right. It's like, no, there's no prompt. There's no like clap now sign up. Everyone just knows like unspoken thing. And you almost hear it on TV and you're like, oh, they're booing. Like he caught it. He got a first down. Like, why are they booing? But no, if yep. you know, you know. A hundred percent. All right. Enough talking about the Steelers. Come on. <laughs> you love it, Cody. Come on. No, I'm surprised you didn't put up your Steelers flag behind you for this. I actually, I brought down uh, my um, Juju Smith-Schuster jersey. I admittedly don't have oh. any active NFL players jersey, so I got to get on that. Um, well, Juju's curious. active. He just is no longer with the Steelers. <laughs> he He's dead to me. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, man, he took a discount for y'all. You should love that man for a yeah, little bit. Yeah, no, no. I wish him the best. Uh, so... All right, away from the Steelers, who are the Cardinals? Uh, from the Cardinals, who are you thinking that is worthy to get drafted in a normal fantasy league, 10-team, 12-team? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love James Conner for this year and redraft 100%, man. I think he's getting drafted like RB 11 or 12 at the moment, and he's going to get plenty of carries. He's going to be an asset, I think, in the passing game. Uh, when we see him playing good, that's when the Cardinals play good. He's the heart of that offense. Him and Zach Ertz, in my opinion, are guys that get that offense going and getting the fans excited uh, to actually be at the stadium. I mean, I feel like those guys just – every time they do something good, they just get everybody pumped up and ready to go. Uh, So I think you're looking at a big season again for James Conner. We lose Chase Edmonds last season. That's that's a pretty big blow to the offense, I feel like. He's a guy that could catch passes out of the backfield, and and we could trust him uh, when – Connor needed a break or he was battling a little of injuries that game. Um, I really love Zach Ertz, man. I think he changed that whole offense last season. It's just a guy that Kyler Murray can trust and knows in the middle of the field. And when something breaks down, that's where he's going to go. So I really like Zach Ertz. He's being drafted like tight end 11, 12, I think as well, but he's getting drafted like in the 11, 12th round. I mean, to me, that's a steal. Uh, he's a guy that I think could finish top five, honestly, in my opinion. Uh, I'm 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 gonna be honest, boys. I am not picking up Kyler Murray at QB six where he's being drafted. I I just don't feel like the passing upside is there. I think we're gonna talk about him a little later, so I'll I'll leave that for discussion in a little bit. But I just I have my hesitations with him at the moment. Interesting. Understandable. Interesting. What about just real quick to piggyback off Cody's question? What about DeAndre Hopkins? If if for leagues with like an injured spot, is he, he's? I mean, obviously he's worth stashing. But if you don't have that injured spot, would you still draft him? Yeah, I think you still have to draft him. Uh, he's definitely has a a lot more competition for targets. I feel like than the last few seasons. I mean, we, I know we had Christian Kirk, we have Rondell now, we have uh, Marquise Brown, Boomer Sooner. 
seems like they're just trying to get Kyler Murray's COD squad back together from college, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes in the middle <laughs> of the season. Uh, but I think Hop- Hopkins is a guy that you should probably be grabbing later uh, rather than the beginning of your drafts. I think he's a guy that he's 30 years old now. He's definitely lost a few steps, but he's still a dominant player when he's on the field. And you know he's going to be a big target for Kyler in the red zone, so you can see TD production there. Uh, definitely going to have a good season, but I don't think we see the old D-hop that we're really used to. I mean, just with age and more targets there, things can be a lot harder for him to just produce those kind of stats where he's getting 160 targets in a season. I just don't see that being realistic anymore. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, like they say, father time is undefeated. So like any yeah. any athlete, that day is going to come. I think what you were saying there a bit ago, you're expecting a big season from James Conner. I was just mm-hmm. checking, and in our league, they have him preseason ranked 16th. I don't know where he is, if maybe around that in other leagues, but is he being mm-hmm. underrated in our league and maybe other leagues that might have him around there? Yeah, because I, I honestly think he could be one of the backs in the NFL that – is a Belkel back now. I mean, we don't have very many of those left. You have Najee Harris, who saw a lot. You have Jonathan Taylor that saw a lot. Uh, I don't think there's many running backs anymore that are getting over 250 touches. Uh, so, I mean, I think there was four this last season. So if you can find a guy like James Conner, who's going to get those red zone touches because he's the biggest back. I think he's 230-some pounds, big muscle back that's going to score touchdowns in the red zone. I, I don't see Kyler Murray – QB sneaking a lot. I don't see uh, – we have Eno Benjamin. We have – I love Jonathan Ward, though. I think he's a good player that is going to be very helpful in the special teams. But I honestly just think James Conner is going to control a lot of that running back play this upcoming year. He'll get spelled by Eno and Jonathan Ward, uh, maybe Ingram if he makes the team a little bit. But I, I just see him getting way too much production if he's healthy. He's definitely going to beat that – 1680p that he's at at the moment so i was looking at over some stuff on espn and they asked all 12 of their fantasy uh sports writers and whatnot for their sleepers and their busts at each position Mm -hmm. uh five out of the 12 they put james connor as their running back bust really yeah that's that's crazy that's interesting to me because i mean i i don't understand how he busts i mean who is really I mean, do you guys do you guys think Eno Benjamin or Jonathan Ward are going to be that relevant in that offense? Or I mean, are we just going to go full passing mode and just let Kyler go crazy with his new assets? I mean, what do you guys think on that? Uh, Chev, you bring up some really great points, which go right into some of the questions that we have. But I I think as far as what we saw from the Cardinals last year when James Conner came into the fold. It seems like every time we got around the goal line area, we were giving him the ball at least two times mm-hmm. if he could really muscle himself in there. And, you know, you saw it from his production numbers. You know, Benjamin is still, you know, he's a Valley guy. He's an Arizona State uh, Sun Devil. Has he really made an impact? I don't think so. He might be a guy who gets like three to five carries a game, if that. Yeah. And Jonathan Ward, like you're saying, I mean, I don't even know if he's really going to get any touches uh, out of the backfield. He might mm-hmm. predominantly be a special teams guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have uh, Daryl Williams, I think. I mean, they're talking about maybe keeping four guys on the roster for the running back position, but it's still James Conner's spot, and it's still going to be his touches to have. Yeah. So I don't understand it either. 
Yeah, I, I know in our league, though, he definitely will be drafted way before that 16 spot because we got a bunch of freaking Cardinals fans coming out there. But um, their potential uh, loss could be my gain. We'll see. Um, yeah. I, I have faith in him. Like you guys said, there's not much option. But at the same time, there is always that possibility. We've seen it before with the Cardinals in the past where the second, third string running back has a flash in the pan or, you know, injury next man up. Um, yeah. But that's you could say that for any player, uh, really. And honestly, Um but I think you, you were saying you wanted to touch again on you don't think Kyler Murray is do you think he's a top three quarterback or not even you're not even close? See, I, I just can't get behind Kyler Murray being a top three guy at the moment just because I haven't seen the kind of production that you really see out of these guys that are top three in the passing game. I know I know Murray has a lot of rushing upside, a lot of ability there, uh, but we're seeing guys throw for 645 times. I think Kyler was at like 439 or so last season or in the season before. Like that's just not going to hold up to what these other guys are doing, especially Josh Allen. You got Patrick Mahomes who's throwing it 645 times. Justin Herbert is a guy. Lamar Jackson could get up in there again this upcoming season. Like Tom Brady's a guy that's going to be in the conversation again as a top fantasy quarterback just because they throw the ball 645 times. Kyler hasn't had to have to do that yet uh and the size definitely doesn't play into it very well as he's trying to look over defenders it just doesn't help out especially with the line that we have i mean there was times last year where kyler was scrambling right from the get-go once he got the snap or it was a bad snap it was just, it was just rough to watch last season as it's communication really killed me last year it just didn't seem like it was there on offense it was a good offense but it was just missing good communication, I feel like, to be a good offense. And Kyler Murray's a guy that maybe he gets there if he has more production in the passing game. But I am worried that he will not be top three or top six due to the lack of passing in that offense for him. He hasn't hit 4,000 yards. I think his highest is like 26 touchdowns. Guys are throwing for 40 touchdowns and 4,000 yards easily in the NFL, those top guys that we named earlier. So it's hard for me to put him there. I think Kyler Murray is a good quarterback, but the production that everybody else is seeing and the attempts is just too overwhelming for him to get there for me at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I I feel like it's because he's not going to study enough either. You know what I mean? (laughs) And in November when Call of Duty comes out, we've seen the statistics, his numbers go down. So... Just I hope we get a 30 for 30 and we find out that like Cliff Kingsbury's playing with them. I, mean, I just feel like that, <laughs> that could happen. I mean, I don't know. And DeAndre but, Ayton, that's their squad. Yeah, there you go. They <laughs> squatted up. I mean, we got Marquise Brown, who I think really loves to play video games as well. So by week seven, we might have, you know, a full Call of Duty squad. We can put them in esports maybe, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. I wonder if they have like a secret clan or something where they all just have like a discord. They're playing with each other every night. Booker's Dude, I, in there too. I know Booker's. They're all gamers these days. All these young guys. Oh yeah. I bet they have some kind of chat where they play a lot. I think I think I saw a video where somebody was playing against DeAndre Aiden in like NBA 2K a while back. And Aiden had like 30 points or something that game. So, yeah, I mean, it's good. It's a good getaway. I mean, especially all the negativity I'm sure these guys face, man. It's just a, a way to get away from everything and – People really don't know who you are, so that's that's it's pretty nice. Yeah, and at the end of the day, wouldn't you rather have your players staying up too late playing video games than staying out too late getting drunk at the club and getting DUIs <laughs> on the freeway? So there's worse yeah. things, as critical yeah. as I've been. Yeah, that is true. There is worse things that these guys could be doing. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I am interested to see how kind of all these new pieces come into the fold, like Hollywood Brown, mm-hmm. um, you know, finally getting a full year with Zach Ertz. Um, but obviously our number one weapon, DeAndre Hopkins, is going to be suspended for the first six games because of uh, his PED situation. So mm-hmm. my question for you is, do you see any of the specific wide receivers in that room right now possibly having any fantasy value and possible long-term value for the season, even when D-Hop comes back? Yeah, it's really tough for me just because there is so many big name targets there uh, to pick out some of these younger guys like uh, Greg Dortch, who has shown out pretty well in the preseason. He's been a guy that is speedy, quick. Um, I don't know if he has much relevancy. Um, you got Rondo Moore, who, gosh, I hope we use him more this uh, this year. I mean, he's got a lot of speed. It seems like something that would work well in this offense. I hope we see more of him. Um, he should see an uptick with – Hopkins being out. I think AG Green really benefits from this the most. Uh, he's a guy that you're probably maybe getting off the waivers after your draft. Uh, he's definitely going to be a guy that I think benefits from these first six weeks. Uh, but there's not too many guys. Andy Isabella, I think, is going to possibly get traded. So I'm not really going to talk about him too much. But we've seen some big things out of him in preseason. And then he just goes straight to special teams. We never see him on offense ever again. Uh, so I don't really have too many guys that I'm like, gosh, I need these guys on my roster these first six weeks. And what are they going to do after? I don't really see too many people. If anybody thinks AJ Green and Rondo Moore uh, are going to benefit most. But once once Hopkins gets back, you're looking at Hopkins, Ertz, Marquise Brown, James Conner. Like, I don't I don't know how you get enough targets to be relevant after that point. I just wish it would be uh, Dorch because then we could hear Ron Wolfley always be like, put him in the torture chamber. <laughs> the torture <Dorch> yeah. chamber. <laughs> That's good. I like that. We we do need more Dorch then. So, all right, since we're talking about Cardinals wide receivers that aren't named DeAndre Hopkins, um, with our newest addition, our newest first-round pick, um, a.k.a. Marquise Hollywood-Brown. Uh, are you worried about him in the first six weeks, as in he's had a little bit of distraction? Um, also, he's dealt with some injuries, too, as well, going through camp. So he hasn't really had, you know, those on-field, um, the on-field practice with, you know, Kyler and the rest of the first teamers. Yeah. Um, do you think he's going to be as fast on the field as he was in the car on the 101 South? Yeah, I mean, going to 100, 100 plus on the highway, I mean, that's a great start to the offseason. Good good relationship building with your new team. No, I mean, I, I mean, I really think he'll be a good asset. I went to a preseason, didn't get to see much. Uh, yeah, I think he only did like one on or the wide receiver drills and he was done for the day. Uh, but when I watch him, I mean, he's he's effortlessly click, effortless, 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 quick ability and i mean he's just smooth with it everything he does just seems to be smooth so i I really like marquise brown this year last year he was with the ravens he had like 145 targets didn't do much with it i think he had like 85 catches and a thousand yards but when you're getting 145 targets i mean i feel like you should definitely have a higher rate of catch percentage than that 
Uh, so I think he won't see that many targets most likely with D-Hop coming back week six, but I think he's a good target for Kyler Murray. He already has that connection, so some of the off-the-field stuff kind of doesn't play as much into that, uh, but you definitely don't want to see your new first-round pick that's been in the league for three or four years already bringing this kind of drama into the season as, I mean, the Cardinals find a way to shoot themselves in the foot almost every game, it seems like, with penalties and not a good start with all these distractions this 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 year. Man, that's that's what I was talking about earlier, getting past those distractions, getting the games going. But man, Chevin, I just really appreciate you coming on. I think I can speak for Mike and Tallman when I say that. You've been just a wealth of knowledge with all this fantasy um, you know, topics and players and your insight. So if you were to tell Mike who really needs the help, what would be your mm. one piece of advice or like rule you won. would give him going into the season? That's why he said it, Cody. He's being a jag off. <laughs> I, I would really like to see how this league paid it out, man. I, all the trash talk that's been in the messages and whatnot, it's been fun to see. Uh, but, you know, I would say don't draft QB early on if it's one QB. I think there's plenty of guys later on. Tom Brady's a guy that everybody forgets about, it seems like. I mean, he's a top five guy, uh, so maybe he won't fall as far now, but he's somebody that you could look for. Kirk Cousins, like I said. Uh, I think also, man, just drafting the guys you want is a lot more fun than drafting guys you really don't want on your team. Like for me, I'm, I've kind of got a little bit past it, but as a Bears fan, I hate having Packers on my team. I draft them because they are good players, but – Gosh, it absolutely pains me to see them succeed, and I've, I've just had to trade those guys. So just grabbing guys that you actually want and that you actually are going to have fun cheering for is a good thing to do, and just having fun, man. I mean, I take this game really serious because I, I put a lot of time into it, and when I don't have fun is when it's more miserable for me, and it's, it's just not a good experience. So I, the best advice I can give to anybody is just have fun. You're, you're paying 20 bucks. Like, you're just hanging out with the boys, or if you have girls in your league, the girls are probably really fun to be around too, man. Just have fun with your league mates. The best time – I mean, I love your guys' league. One keeper, the best thing about fantasy football is the draft. You get everybody together, you have a draft with everybody, and then you get to talk crap to each other whenever they pick some bum that they shouldn't have drafted. <laughs> so that's the that's the best part for me is drafting, man. I love it. Yeah, Same, Chev, I'm, I'm like that with the Seahawks players, dude. I hate taking <laughs> Seahawks players. But then every other year, it seems like I, I, I have DK Metcalf on my team. Or, You're um, probably going to get a lot of them this year because he's falling so far up behind in ADP because his QB suck, man. Yep. Are, oh, yeah, are they rolling out? Who are they rolling out at uh, QB1 in Seattle? I think they're doing Geno, right? Oh, Gino. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I know Drew Locke is supposed to get a lot of a lot of run this next game because he missed last game with COVID. Uh, so I heard he's going to get a lot of run this week. So we should should know pretty quickly. I didn't really Gino didn't really do too much for me to get excited about having Seahawks players on your team. So Mike, I'm right there with you. Uh, <laughs> don't want many Seahawks players if we're going to roll out Gino this upcoming season. It could be tough sledding for you if you do that. But uh, no kidding. Who could say? But Kevin, you're saying you're a Bears fan, but you've been here in Arizona, so you keep obviously you keep up with all the teams and the Cardinals specifically. Oh, yeah. So I wanted to pepper you with some questions about the Cardinals real quick. 
Uh, you did mention there a bit ago all those extracurricular activities that the Cardinals were getting into, the addendum in Kyler's contract. Cody was saying Hollywood Brown on the freeway, um, Hopkins getting suspended. You you name it. There, if there was something you could that had happened, it was to the Cardinals. What what did you make of all that, and and like what were your thoughts on it overall? Tell you what, it's not very good to have those kind of things happen in the the off season when you are a team that just got absolutely slaughtered in the playoffs. Um, you would think these guys would come back a little bit more ready uh, to just get to football and get back to competing. Uh, but I know Hopkins Hopkins is very frustrating because it sounds like they screwed up, the NFL did, and kind of got things mixed up with him and somebody else or whatnot, and he's kind of still on the fall for it. So that's, that's very frustrating. If that's the case, we really lose him for six games, and he – tested for like 0.01 of whatever it was that's very frustrating wow. and it, i mean just marquise brown too like i mean i get it man you want to drive fast I, I just drove a tesla the other day and i mean it, it's addicting to go fast in those things man i mean you push it and it, it freaking flies it's like you're on a roller coaster but you're getting paid so much money to be on this team and you go out and do that in your first few weeks of pre right uh, our preseason football like Come on, man. You got to not have these distractions. I mean, teams that do well are families and they don't really have too many distractions going on. They either keep it in house and we don't see it. Uh, but the Cardinals, they they don't do that very well. If if something's going down, it's it's out to the public, sadly. Just like the contract negotiations, like why am I seeing Kyler Murray has to study for four hours a, a week or whatever it was, man? Like, how does that come out? I know Kyler's agent came out and did something a while back but why why are we letting this stuff get out i don't know it's just very frustrating as a fan and as somebody that wants to see them do good because uh, they have a good team and it's just not something that's going to help build your team it's really just going to take time away and have you guys talking about something you don't really want to be talking about you know what do you guys think about it because you guys have been here longer than me how frustrating or how agonizing is it for you guys? Man, <laughs> every year, Mike, I, I know you got something to oh say. On this. No, Cody, you got to you got to go first. You go on the you go on the podium first. So I mean, you you, you nailed it with um, the whole Kyler Murray thing, but I mean, we only named like three of them. There was the whole um, we had the defensive or the the one coach come up with that domestic oh yeah um, abuse yeah. thing. Um, Rodney Hunts Rodney Hudson. Yeah. That's a big one. Team, yeah. When we're like, okay, well, we have the right guard practicing or being <laughs> under center during practice. What's going on? Mm -hmm. um, it was just, I don't. Know, but, but, but of course, the worst one was D Hop, and that started like, how, how long ago was that? Like, we knew he was going to be gone like five, four or five months ago. Yeah, pretty close um, after the season ended. Yeah. Yeah. So that just hurt, and I mean, it hurts the fan base too. Mm -hmm. um, when we had such a promising start last season. And then now it's yeah. like, okay, well, we're going in with uh, half a broken arm because our one of our best players isn't even going to be there for the first six games of the season. Um, it's just frustrating because it, it just – it sounds like typical Arizona Cardinals football <laughs> where it's like we always got to have something going on or when we have a bright light, there's always got to be something that dims it out. Like we had mm -hmm. two awesome seasons, but we just ended them on a terrible note. We got stomped by the Rams in the playoffs. That was our last ace as a fan base. 
of Cardinals football was that. And then it was like, okay, well, we're getting excited for the, the season to start. But then it's like, D hops out. Oh, this happened. Oh, we're excited. We got Marquise Brown. This is going to be awesome. Maybe it's not too bad, you know, the first six games. Oh, he's going 125 on the, on the one-on-one in the HOV lane during rush hour traffic. What's going on? So it's it's discouraging, I would say. Um, and I don't like it. It's, that's what it is. It's discouraging. And it's your best. It's our best players. It's yeah. not like any yeah. of our scrubs. It's like the our main guys are the ones doing this stuff. So it's frustrating. Absolutely. Yeah. What about you, Mike? I got to hear from you, man. I know you got some words to say here. So, you know, I'm Valley born and raised. I, I used to go watch the Cardinals when they played at Sun Devil Stadium. I was there when Aeneas Williams knocked Steve Young into retirement. So I spent the entirety of my really, really young age watching a horrible football team. So sucking has not ever really made me feel any type of way. It's the aspects of really building a good culture, getting to a certain point, and then not showing up. You know, you can go back to um, – 2015 when the cardinals have the best record in the league david johnson is a a big up-and-coming you know new fresh court uh running back that everybody took for three years in a row with the first pick and it didn't pan out but that's beside the point and absolutely laying an egg not showing up uh in carolina carson palmer throwing five picks and basically being an embarrassment for arizona on a national level and then you come back the next year and are absolutely mediocre and then fall back into the wasteland again. Mm -hmm. So then when we finally have our first pick, bring in Kyler Murray, start to make the right steps to go in the right direction and finally get to a point where we can be on a national stage where ESPN is talking about us. All the sport writers are talking about, well, how many wins will the Cardinals have? And then you go to Los Angeles and act like you didn't even want to be there. Like nobody wanted to get on the flight. Kyler Murray probably should have just ran out of bounds for a safety. You know, like <laughs> those kind of items, you'd think that it get people a little bit more juiced up to really be focusing on football, get the contract figured out, find a way. I don't need an agent to send all caps letters to everybody talking about how my guy's the best and needs to get 230 million. We were going to pay him anyways. You know, all of these extracurricular nonsensical things that are not football put you behind the eight ball. And now our best uh, offensive position player isn't even going to be with us for the first six weeks. And our schedule is tough this year. So I hope that we kind of make a push for a playoff spot. But, you know, I, I don't know. It's going to be tough. But, you know, the, the NFC West is, you know, it could be up for grabs this year. You don't know. I mean, obviously the Rams just won the Super Bowl last year, but they've had some key pieces like OBJ and Von Miller head different ways. Um, Matthew Stafford's getting a, a little bit older. But then you have question marks with the Seahawks and what they're going to do at quarterback. And, you know, is Trey Lance even a guy who's going to be competent in the NFL? I don't know. But it sucked because this was the next level that you were supposed to be going towards. The past three seasons have always been the right trajectory. And then about week 12, you fall off the cliff and forgot what you were doing to, to have success for the year. Mm -hmm. So this is the perfect opportunity to take that next step and win the West and have a really solidified uh, spot in the playoffs and maybe play a game at home. Now we're going to be freaking 
scratching and clawing for a wild card spot, it seems like. So mm-hmm. it's just tough. It's but it's not anything that we're not used to at this point with Arizona. So that's my spiel, and that's all I got. <laughs> it's a good no. one, by the way. Yeah, Mike, I, I, I agree. It. Like, I don't, I'm just going to throw my two cents in real quick because Cody and Mike really said it all there. But I think you're right. There are those expectations of making the playoffs, not only from the fans, but having put ourselves in the national spotlight going back a couple years now. We drafted Rosen, had Wilkes, gave up on both of them after a year, bring on Cliff with no experience, draft Kyler, who's an undersized quarterback. So you're taking a lot of risk. You're renewing Kime after he even had some off-the-field issues himself with his mm-hmm. DUI and some questionable draft decisions. So it's like you're doubling down on your guys. You're going this unconventional route. So, yeah, the spotlight's on you, and now you're even on hard knocks in season. So the, they're just ramping up the pressure left and right. So it's not it's not unreasonable, I don't think. But we, we got to – with all these distractions, man – like I keep saying, we just got to see them play, but they got to win. They really got to win. Yeah, throwing in hard knocks, that is uh, another kink <laughs> to this that we didn't talk about yet. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's so, going to be a fun year, though. <laughs> yeah, it will be. It will be. It'll, it, it'll be entertaining, to say the least. And, hey, it's perfect that we started this now. We have something to talk about every week. About <laughs> what's going on on HBO. Yeah. There you go, yeah. But, you know, I'm interested on what, the product is going to look like on the field. I think this is a big year for specific guys. Not, I don't know about necessarily prove it years for some of our young guys, but you know, I'm looking for Zayvon Collins to step up, hopefully make sure he learns the playbook and be the guy making the calls instead of a Jalen Thompson. You know, I'm ready to see what they do with Isaiah Tom or Isaiah Simmons. Are they going to put him at safety Will they keep him in the inside backer and let him come off the edge a little bit more with Chandler Jones gone? Mm-hmm. You know, is Byron Murphy going to really solidify himself as the number one cornerback on his team, on this team? But my question to you is, what are maybe some of your question marks that you see with this roster right now? Yeah, and I had the same thing you read down to the young defensive players. Like, how are how are these guys going to react? How are, are we going to put them in good positions or are these guys still – trying to develop in their second and third year. Uh, I think they can take the steps. I think Zayvon Collins just didn't have a whole lot of opportunity this last year. We had Hicks, I believe, uh, at uh, middle linebacker. So that helped a veteran guy. Hopefully he learned from him. I mean, we have Simmons who, I mean, freak athlete, one of the best athletes coming out of his draft probably. And we just really haven't seen it with him. It's kind of the same thing. I just don't know if, defensive coordinator or knew what to really do with them. They maybe didn't put them in the right position to start off and maybe they figure it out this upcoming year. O-line is a, is a question mark for me. Can we protect Kyler long enough? Can Kyler get the ball out quick enough? I think sometimes he may hold on to it a little bit too long sometimes. And that kind of, kind of hurts the offensive line, but we got to do a better job protecting him. And the biggest thing for me that I written down was mental toughness. I watched too many times the last two seasons of times where we shoot ourselves in the foot with a dumb defensive penalty or a dumb false start or some stupid offensive play where we snap the ball and Kyler's not even ready. Can we have the communication that makes you a championship team and the accountability that holds your player to a different standard? Like, is that going to be a thing this upcoming year? And we'll find out a lot when those cameras are rolling this upcoming season. 
Uh, hey, I think Jordan Hicks uh, got a little bit of limelight today on Twitter as well. I think he was getting into some beef with uh, Kevin Durant on some of the really? things that he said. But that's it. Hey, I, no Kevin Durant <laughs> talk today. Okay. Shut it down, shut, Mike. Shut, shut it, down. it down. Shut it down. <laughs> I'm so glad it's over. I promised you, Cody. Shut it I down. I know you did. You did earlier. <laughs> All right. Um, so I guess let's move on. Just real quick on the question marks. Um, for me, my biggest question mark, let's do offensive side, would be is uh, Rondell Moore going to take that next, next step? Mm -hmm. You know, because he's – Talk about a freak athlete on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, they tried so many times to just force the ball in his hands with some of those wideout screens. It's mm -hmm. like, okay, well, let's see what else you can do with them. So that's what I'm most excited to watch, I think, in this this coming up season. For sure. Um, we touched on real, uh, a little bit before about uh, Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury getting extensions. Um, also, they got extensions before Kyler got an extension. So given some <laughs> – well, obviously, Cliff, you know, he got the extension because, you know, he showed up for two years, but he still had that fall off, that that Cliff collapse, right? Falling yeah. off the cliff. Um, Fell off the cliff. And then, Dang, okay, and I then, see what that was. I like that. I cliff know, that, off that the cliff. Was, that was kind of mean. And then, <laughs> and then Kime, it's like, well, you know, he saved his job with uh, taking Kyler, the number one overall pick. You know, that basically was, hey, if, if he's not good, you're out. But he's yeah. been – He's been manageable. He's been he was gonna win the rookie of the year. You know, he he reminded us of his uh of all of his accolades during his impromptu uh, uh elementary school discussion. read off his resume. Yeah. This this is why I'm here. So what are your thoughts on the quarterback or the quarterback on the, the coach and uh the GM getting extensions? Are they deserving? What do you feel how do you feel about them getting extended before Kyler? Yeah, it's 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 pretty crazy. I I honestly think Kyler saved these guys' jobs. Uh, if it wasn't for Kyler Murray, I don't think these guys probably get re-signed. Uh, if Kyler doesn't play the way that he plays and just makes magic happen, I I really don't see them doing too much. And I think we see those two coaches or the coach and the GM hitting the door and not being with the Cardinals anymore. Cliff. I I think he has potential. I like the offense. I like the pieces that we put around it. In that offense, I think a lot of the speed that is needed for these four wide receiver sets, like it's good, but how are we going to use it throughout the whole season? I think sometimes he gets the deer in the headlight look like, damn, I really don't know what the heck I'm doing right now. I really hope this play works out, or man, I really hope we get deep ball here. Or, when do I use my timeouts? I mean, just some some spots where it's a little confusing sometimes of what he does. Kime, like you said, he has some of the off the field issues. I mean, he's, he's he drafted some young, talented guys. We just haven't put him in the right position, it seems like. Uh, but I, I honestly think Kyler has really saved these guys' jobs. Um, and we'll see how it goes forward. But they definitely have to take a step forward after week eight this upcoming year. And, I mean, it's been a while since they've won a home game. Uh, I will say that. I think we, we've lost, like, six straight home games. So, yeah. you know, we're trying to build an atmosphere at State Farm Stadium and – it's a home game for the other team most of the time. So uh, definitely got to win at home if you want to get these fans in the door. So we'll see how it goes this upcoming year. But I think Kyler, Kyler saved him. Absolutely. I, I forgot about I, some of those timeouts he called mm -hmm. uh, Kingsbury. <laughs> yeah. 
Good yeah. point. Go for it, Mike. And I, and I'm still waiting for another kind time sign. You know, like <laughs> that's that was the big moniker. It's another Ron first started, one. and yeah, right. I, I just it's feel like boring. I haven't seen anything like that over the past couple of years. It's been mm-hmm. kind of. Uh, head scratching at some of his decisions in regards to re-signing players and you know some of those guys that he brings off the field or you know off off the street but uh cornerback's got to be a a position that we go after i mean at some point i mean you have these guys that we're we're running four wide receiver sets i mean a lot of the other teams are running big wide receivers out there good wide receivers that can break your ankles like Kind of need defense to win championships still, even though offenses are throwing for four billion yards these days. But I don't know, man. I like you said, we've we've signed like Malcolm Butler. He retires preseason. Like JJ Watt was great though. I'm glad we have him. Mm. Hopefully he stays healthy. Yeah, I mean Marco Wilson, who could be what the number two or number three cornerback is. uh, They're talking about him getting outplayed during training camp. I mean. How and and Robert Alford is he still on the team? I mean, he's <laughs> another guy who gets hurt all the time since he came to the Cardinals. I think that's one other position that I've always been really, really upset with what the Cardinals do. Going back to the the years of Patrick Peterson and him being regarded the number one cornerback in the league, it seemed like we could never get anybody on the opposite side of him, except for one year with Antonio Cromartie. And then he ended up going and leaving the next season. So it's got to figure that one out for sure this year. Yeah. It seems to be like the three guarantees of Arizona sports, death taxes and a key player on your team is going to get injured when you need him most. <laughs> so that, that always seems to ring true. And I just wanted to say, I wrote it down. I like what you said about Kyler is the reason they, they still have jobs. I mean, shit, Kyler's the reason Cliff Kingsbury even has a job. Would he even have gotten that opportunity if they weren't going to draft Kyler all along? There was all that. He would literally had just signed, I think, to be the coach at USC or something like that. Was all ready to go, yeah. had his bags packed. And then Steve Kahn was like, nah, uh, land in Phoenix and don't transfer to <laughs> Southern California. But in any case, we did also mention the hard knocks in season coming up. Mm-hmm. Cliff Kingsbury is kind of that guy, you know, player, coach, young guy. Some might look at the Cardinals and wonder if he'll really have a hold of the locker room. What yeah. are you hoping? So I'm, I kind of want to see that personally. What are you hoping to see in, in the hard knocks in season? Yeah. And it sounds like we're all on the same page with some of these questions. Like I want to see how, how accountable Cliff is to these players. Like, is he just a, a friend to these guys or is he an actual coach that is going to help grow these guys, help put them and play at a higher level? Are we going to see that? And I mean, he had Patrick Mahomes on his team at Texas tech when he was in college and, Still didn't have a winning season, I don't believe. So it's it's very alarming. Hopefully Cliff takes the next step. He just got an extension. I mean, we're paying this guy to hopefully get better. Uh, we're, like we're saying, these players should get better. But we're, we're actually needing Cliff to get better too and have that uh, awareness of when to call timeouts, when to do these sorts of times of plays, like not running a screen all the dang time. Like, I don't know. I, I just need to see more out of Kingsbury, and I hope that I see – a leader that is keeping players accountable because uh, I think the communication is that's on, that's on your coach. If your team is not a good communicating team, it starts with the coach. And I, I didn't see it last year. I mean, we have a play we're we're about to beat the green Bay Packers 
And AJ Green doesn't know what the heck's going on. He doesn't know what routes to run. He thinks it's a run player or whatnot. I don't know what the deal was with that. And we lose. Like that, that that's where it started. We mm-hmm. lost that game and that we lost all momentum moving forward. I think JJ Watt went down at some point after that or pretty close to that. So that doesn't help. Uh, but the communication for me is the thing I want to see. Um, and just seeing Kyler be a leader, I really want to see what he does during adversity because I've, I've seen him he throws an interception during preseason or whatnot and he goes sits on the sideline by himself i get it i don't want to talk to people when i fail either but as the quarterback you are the guy that is supposed to rally this team you're supposed to be the guy that gets us going i mean you see paid manning tom brady talking to their old lineman cussing them out and they have those good conversations we're we gonna see that with kyler murray uh, I, I just want to see what his leadership actually looks like, and I think with Hard Knocks being there, we're gonna we're gonna see a lot about this team that maybe we have question marks on uh, in leadership ability, and I think that's really what I'm looking forward to the most. It's gonna be fun to see some of these characters too. D Hop has been on Hard Knocks before, and he said, "I fear God, I fear God." I mean, I, I love those scenes, man. You always get good scenes out of Hard Knocks, so we'll see what we'll see what the Cardinals fix together. I'm sure. There'll be some. There's a there's a tight end that we have. He got hurt last year. I can't remember his name at the moment. Max Williams. Max Williams. I think that guy's a character, and I think he's gonna be a star of the show if they if they really want him to be. Honestly. Yeah, that DeAndre Hopkins uh, against D'Angelo Hall mm-hmm. clip when it was. Uh, <laughs> I think they were doing the practice of Texans versus Redskins, and he yep. literally broke his knee. All time moment. Oh, All time moment. Big moment. Co- Cody, what are you looking forward towards uh, with Kyler and Kime and Cliff all being on the big screen? I'm mostly looking forward to seeing kind of like what Chad was saying with uh, Kyler Murray because I want to see if, if, he, if he's going to mature because he's always seemed so awkward. Like you guys ever kind of felt that way about you know, like his interactions with the media and doing interviews. really weird interviews, man. Yeah. yeah he's not into it. He's just like mumbling, just like, or he, he'll do like a, a two word answer and just like look for the next person. So he's, and I know, cause we, I think we talked about this in our last podcast we did where he's starting to get more engaged with the fans, like with the whole kid that he gave that Jersey to that had the whole team sign. So I think he's starting mm-hmm. to realize, Hey, you know, they just paid me you know, over 200 million. Um, you know, I need to step up. I need to be the face of the franchise. So I'm curious to see uh, how much screen time he gets on that. Cause, because when you watch it, it's like there's either the players that are all about it or the players that are just going to avoid the cameras. Yeah. So yeah. I'd like to see him, you know, Embrace get out it. of the shell a little bit, you know, show some, not that he's never showed personality because we, we saw him on the bench after the Rams game. Um, that was a shot. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> but that's what I'm most excited to see is, is how involved is he going to be in that? Obviously, we don't we don't need any more extra um, uh, distractions, but I like to see him come out of the shell, um, show some personality, be the face of the franchise. So I'm excited to see if that, if that happened. Mm-hmm. And a big thing is there's nowhere to hide, right? It's different than normal hard knocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, for training camp this is year long they're probably already taping so we'll know pretty soon you know who the main guys that are ready for the limelight to 
have that camera right in the right in their face, we'll know who those guys are pretty early on. So well, and, and I hope it's natural because you got you, these guys know the cameras on them, and like you said, Cody, with Kyler just getting that yeah. big contract, he knows the eyes are especially on him. So I hope we don't see it in the first episode him walking around the locker room with the jersey, like, "Hey guys, can you sign this for <laughs> a kid that lost his jersey?" Like, <laughs> hopefully, it's super natural and just actually these guys. <laughs> yeah being themselves because yeah then it could be it could be a whole other mess for the cardinals all right chevin i think i'm ready to win our league again with all your advice so i do appreciate that and obviously as a valley podcast i gotta ask you what's your win loss prediction for the cardinals this year yeah i mean the schedule is really really tough you have the afc west that is extremely tough now. I mean, we got Denver, we got Raiders, we got Chargers, Kansas City. Like, that is a tough division. And our division is not no cupcake division either. We have Rams, we have San Francisco. Seattle should be two easy wins this year. I, I really don't expect to take an L. We lost to them last season, the last game of the year. And it was just embarrassing, honestly, to just be in that stadium watching them get beat down like that. It was just, it was just poor. Um, I think they're a good team, man. I, I'm really hoping we see that accountability, them stepping up, being mental tough. I really hope that's what happens. I can see them being a nine to ten team, our nine to ten win team. It could be more, but that division is so tough. If they can scrape up ten games, uh, good probably making it to the playoffs, I imagine, as a wild card or maybe even win your division if the Rams have a tough year in San Francisco. But I'm thinking 9 to 10 wins is probably where I'm at at the moment just because, I mean, trying to beat those teams every single week is going to be a lie. And there's a couple cupcake teams on there that we should beat. Uh, so we'll see. It, it, it really depends on how they come out the gate and what kind of energy they bring with D-Hop being out. It's great that D-Hop's coming back in week seven, but, you know, you got a little rust on the tires when you're out six games and you're 30 years old. So we could see a little bit of a slow start from him. Yeah, I'm just hoping for a little bit more consistency, not, you know, scorching hot to absolutely – I'm going to get frostbite if I put my foot in the water with this team. You know, obviously it's going to be tough sledding. Uh, especially to begin the year, but consistency and building some kind of momentum in the second half of the season, because that's what the Cardinals have struggled with the past three years. So I think that'll be a good step in the right direction. Mm -hmm. So, man, I'm excited, man. We're what less than 20 days away. I can't wait anymore. Couple I can't weeks, wait. Yeah. Big first yep. game too. Oh yeah. You'll be there. Yes, sir. Oh, if y'all are there, let me know, man. What do you guys think? What, where are you at, Chris? Where are you at, Tall Man? Where you, where you guys see these guys being at? Oh, man, we've done this a couple different times, breaking it down, so I might contradict what I had written previously, but I think <laughs> I think I had them over 10 wins. I think I had double-digit wins in there. Um, we kind of we went schedule by schedule, good, but I'm being, I think, um, you know, a little optimistic, maybe hoping for some, um, you know, wind here or there but it's they do have a tough schedule there's no denying that it could go either way especially with how uh, inconsistent this team is and we hopefully we want to start seeing some of that consistency we want to start seeing some of these younger guys break out 
Um, but like I said, players get injured, things happen. Uh, it's it's hard to say, but that's where that's where I'd put him at. Probably somewhere between ten and super optimistically thirteen wins. Ooh. Cody, am I off base? Uh, I know I mean, Cody. Cody was on the lower. I mean, Tolliver was on the I, lower. There. I forgot what I said last time, but I just ran through it real quick. I was thinking like ten and seven. Realistically, though, maybe maybe nine and eight. I mean, we could start the season zero and three. Like it's definitely a possibility with the Chiefs, Raiders, and the Rams. And then it's okay. Well, are we going to split with the Rams like we did last year? I mean, are we going to be able to score on the 49ers? So it's some of those are tough. And then. And then I, I didn't realize that we we have a stretch at, towards the end of the season where we play the Broncos and we play the Buccaneers on Christmas. So it's like, yeah, are we gonna are we gonna have an, another collapse by then? Because if we 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 could possibly lose both those games right at the end of the season, and then if we can't beat the Falcons or the 49ers to end the season, like historically we haven't been able to beat anybody the last two three weeks <laughs> of the season, the last two years. I mean, it could be it could be really tough. But that schedule, oh my goodness! I it it's got to be one of the tougher schedules, especially home schedule. I mean, they just have a bunch of dogs that are coming in. I mean, you yeah. got Tom Brady on Christmas. I can't. I look forward to that. I was really upset. We got season tickets last year just for this moment to see Tom Brady and see Aaron Rodgers, and then he's like, "Oh, I'm retiring." Like you, son of a gun, man! Why are you leaving now? But luckily, hopefully, he makes it through. Hopefully, he's not on vacation during that time. But yeah, yeah. it's it's an ugly schedule. Dude. He's That's, not doing Masked Singer. You just, re- <laughs> you just reminded me of, of one last wild card question I had for you I thought of earlier. The Tom Brady question. That guy is an enigma. He's one of one what, Being in Dynasty Leagues, and I, I'm assuming you've done this for quite some time, mm-hmm. is it like, do you just think Tom Brady's going to retire every year and he doesn't for like the last 10 years? And, and like, is that how frustrating is that? Have you dealt with that personally, I guess? Better question. Yeah, so this last year... I picked him up in a few leagues. Uh, people thought he was going to retire, and he they didn't. So I picked him up off the waivers, actually, luckily. And I, mean, I got a top five QB. And I, I picked up Trey Lance in the rookie draft a little bit later. So I was like, all right, Tom Brady's going to retire, whatever. I'll drop him, and then I'll just move Trey Lance into like QB2 behind. I think I have Kyler in that league. Nope, Tom Brady's coming back. And then I had to, to make a lot of different moves. But with a guy like Tom Brady – uh, with him playing so well with the Bucks, it's it's he's a quarterback that you drafted and you probably hung on to him his whole career just because how well he plays. So it's really not too frustrating. Uh, you just know the time's coming to an end at some point, but he's played better since he's uh, turned 40. So you're not really too mad if you have him for these last few seasons of his career. I mean, he's throwing – I mean, he's like 40 touchdowns. I honestly think he should have been MVP last year. I think he kind of got robbed with Aaron Rodgers getting it. But, yeah, I mean, it's not too frustrating with that guy because you're getting so much good productivity out of him. At some point, he's going to retire off your your roster, and you can shed a tear at that point, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then you're adding in another guy into the fold like Julio Jones. I know he's getting a little bit up there, but with all the weapons that they have on that side of the football, I mean – it's insane. He's gonna have one-on-one matchups where all you got to do is l- toss him the ball up and he let him go get it. So Julio. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with the Tom Brady <laughs> nonsense. It's time for Kyler Murray to oh, have boy. an MVP season, baby. Let's go. Julio should play tight end for this team this upcoming year. Honestly, <laughs> he really should. Not wrong. He should do. That's what I wanted Larry to do if he could like bulk up, put on some weight. But maybe that's a yeah. long shot. 
I felt so sad. I got here at the very end of Larry's career. Uh, oh. I don't, I, I want to say, I don't think it was his last game. I think he played another season, but I was there. It was the Browns versus uh, the Cardinals. And it was the, like the last game of the season for these two teams, or at least the home season for, and we all thought he was going to retire. So we were all going crazy for him. Didn't get too much run, but I, I, I wish I was here to experience all the greatness of Larry Fitzgerald. Watch it on TV probably doesn't do it justice to actually seeing it every single week. Uh, so you guys definitely got lucky with that one. Yeah. Haven't, haven't any player that sticks with a franchise for so long in, in anything. That's just, it's an, it's an incredible thing. And he was a legend here in the Valley. You've heard Mike and Tallman go on and on about it. Even I, I grew up here, so I know about it, but you're right. It's an experience, but man, thank you so much. I think we should wrap it up here. Jevin, you've been a wealth of knowledge. I think I'm far better equipped now to tackle this draft I have coming up on Sunday. I'm going to text the group right after this, lock in Najee Harris, <laughs> send uh, Derek Henry to the to the draft board. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. Um, Mike, did you have anything you wanted to say before we get out of here? Well, I, Chris, I think it's good that you take Najee Harris because if I remember correctly, you weren't too good last year. So you'll probably mm-hmm. have a higher draft pick after the keepers. So you might be able to keep <laughs> both of them, you know, but there you go. That's the plan. <laughs> sorry, get, get in the, get in the trash talk prepped for Saturday. You know how we do. Gotcha. Chevin, I, I, I really appreciate you hopping mm-hmm. on here with us and chopping it up. We're definitely going to have you back on in the future uh, if if you'll accept Please. the invite. Please, for sure. Let's let's make it out to a Cardinals game this year and uh, have some fun. And hopefully, uh, you're as ready as um, we are to get football started, man. I'm. Oh. I'm if you guys got any now. tailgating spots, man, let me know. I'm still looking for one. Last year, I didn't get to go out to too much. A lot of 1 p.m. games. I was at church, so. Definitely looking mm. forward to getting some tailgating in this year. So if you guys got any spots, uh, I would love to hear them. But if not, that's okay, too. We'll pass them your way. I might. Yeah, I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate it was nice meeting you, though. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Like I said, I appreciate everything that you guys do. Uh, hearing your guys' knowledge of everything the city has to offer and teams, like just hearing all the factoids that you guys have, all the, the fun commenter or comments from uh, the announcers. Like, I really enjoy your guys' podcast. I know you guys are on the lower end at the moment, but keep grinding. I love what you guys do, man. It's really fun to hear you guys. The chemistry is great. So thank you guys for having me on. It's definitely been a pleasure. Appreciate Absolutely. It. Anytime you got an open invitation to come back whenever, really appreciate it. Everyone's got to start somewhere. So, you know, <laughs> yes, um, last thing I'll say, I didn't do it at the beginning and Mike's going to read me for it. You got to go follow us on Twitter and Instagram at AZ underscore VSP. You got to follow us on Facebook at Valley Sports Plug. Chevin, where can they find you in Dynasty Rewind? Yeah, you can find me at Chev Boyardee, the boys with an I. Uh, so if you like Chef Boyardee, you'll be easy to find me. But you can find us at Dynasty Rewind on Twitter. Uh, we do a lot of YouTube at the moment. So if, if you like fantasy football, man, hit us up. We're always willing to answer questions. We have a Patreon. I think it's $1 a month to get in the group chat and ask whatever questions you want. And we always just chop it up and have fun. So if that's something you're interested in, feel free to hit me up, boys. Hell yeah, sounds like a good time. So go follow them over there. Go follow us over here. Um, We're going to be live streaming our draft is the plan. So anyone who wants to see the shenanigans unfold, go on over to our YouTube page right here where you're at now, and you'll be seeing that. 
Otherwise, Mike and I are coming back at you next week with at Past the Outlet Episode 2. It's going to be a good time, and I look forward to it. But until next time, I'm going to fumble to get the outro playing, and then we're going to get the fuck out of here. Um, so thank you, everyone, and um, I hope you have a good night. Peace.